Hey, guess what? I love you. Really, really, truly, we do. We both do. Today's guest is a lover. He is a lover of humanity. Every color, shape, size, uh, background, belief system, any and all of the above. And he truly just wants to display the love of the Father to you, even if you're a stranger. He is a coach, a speaker, and a rock star. What a cool combination. And I am so honored to call him friend. You guys are going to dive into the depths of his story and you're going to see yourself in his story. You're going to see it in the hardship. You're going to see it in the displacement. You're going to see it in the, the religious spirit that could sometimes keep you bound into a place of discomfort. And yet they say it's right for you right? Or that you can't do this calling on your life because it's not associated to God. Well, who is to say when God releases you? Who is to blame cast or shift focus or to construct what it is that God has already created your plan, your path, your unique gift and talents. He's opening doors for you in order to step into territories that maybe the church quote unquote isn't invited. He's invited, and you're invited to this conversation and into friendship with the one and only Marcus Ellis. You're going to love him. you got to tune in into his morning show, 5.30 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, and he's out running and and teaching and preaching, and he also has a podcast of his own, and ah, there's so many things. you just got to get in community, and he'll be at Grow For God later this year, Grow For God Con, www.growforgodcon is the place that you can get your tickets right now. And that way you can do what he does best, hug a neck, love a friend, and just go up to a stranger and be the love of the Lord. Be the like neighbor that we're intended to be. Marcus, I love you, brother. And I am so excited for everyone to sense your innate, deep passion today in this conversation. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Hey, guess what? What? I love you. <laughs> I love you more. I wow, love. what an intro. <laughs> is that not amazing? It is amazing. season four of the show, which feels wild. And I am wow. so excited that you are among one of the first guests to be with me in the new year, mainly because of the momentum from 2021 that I feel just this surge of energy connected to you towards your mission, but also just what God is doing in the midst of all of his children. And so it's it's rad to be connected to you, Marcus. And I'm so excited to introduce you to the Fit and Faith community. Amen. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. I, you know, I love you dearly, sister, and uh, this is going to be fun. 
It really is. And we already got some people on on watching us live. Shares here. Share. Shout out. We love you. And Janice, who loves some Marcus. Kelly is in the house as well. Uh, It's going to be an epic show. And if you don't know this about Marcus, you're going to learn that he is a multifaceted human being. When we were praying even before this, you know, I, I pray as we step into the episode every single time, one, that we would just be able to glorify God through the words that we use, um, but also our relationship and the example that we set. But there's something so special about him and God in the sense that they show up in every single realm and they're confident and comfortable in those places. And one of those spaces is the fact that you have been in the rock and roll, rock and funk industry for over 25 years. He is basically a rock and roll superstar and a vocalist of the White Tie Rock Ensemble, which is a classic rock tribute band. And he's phenomenal. And so I just love that God is in the midst of all sound. And it doesn't matter necessarily the genre. It's the heart of the man that he looks to. Wow. I mean, I don't even know what to say after that. And I'm going to say congratulations. You're the first one ever to get White Tie Rock Ensemble correctly. Come on. Everybody (laughs) always, they'll say White Tie Rock. They'll say White Tie Ensemble. You're the first one to get White Tie Rock Ensemble correct. So congratulations and thank you for that. Thank you. I did my research. (laughs) I've yet to see you live. I've yet to see you live in action, but I know that that's going to happen this year. So I cannot wait. Yes. You have an open invitation. Thank you. So talk us through the evolution of of being in that ensemble, of being a rock and roll superstar. And was your faith like always in the midst of that evolution? Good question. Um, I've always been a rock and roll kid. It was my thing. Um, My first love was the Beatles. And my dad and mom, they would uh, reward me with bass hits with Beatles records. So by the time I was eight years old, I have had every Beatle record. I knew everything about them. It used to drive my dad crazy, and he's the one who turned me on to it. So I was always into that. I was always going to church. I grew up going to church. I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church. Uh, I was baptized at 10 years old in in 1982. Um, And I will say that I have uh, called a couple of our friends that you know, and I'm going to be baptized again this year. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that is the best experience. I'm so excited for you. Well, the thing is, you know, when you're a child, you know, you you definitely have that thing, you know, and and I feel like children sometimes are closer to God, right? But as we grow up and I, as I went through my evolution and really got into the music, you know, other things kind of got into that, right? And I always had my relationship with God, and I'm still answering your question, by the way, I always had my relationship with God and I always prayed um, mostly to forgive me for my sins uh, because I was doing so much that I probably shouldn't have done. Repent, um, change yes, your exactly. mind, we can do it, it's okay. Exactly, exactly. Uh, living that rock and roll lifestyle and I loved to go see live music. That was my thing. Um, and I really got into the Grateful Dead, which is, uh, you know, was a traveling circus, if you will. And I went for the music. You know, a lot of people went, oh, you went for the drugs or you went for the people. No, I was really, really into the music. You know, I saw them 122 times. And there was time where there's songs that I saw them play once and then songs that I saw them play 50 times. So I was in that. And yes, there was a lot of stuff I shouldn't have been doing involved in that. And then as I came out of that, I decided to not be on the, the audience side of the stage, but to be on the performing side of the stage. I always could sing. I knew I could. That was my gift. Uh, so I started playing in bands at 27. Now, I did have garage bands at 12, 15, that type of thing. 
But at 27, I started playing in, uh, like you said, funk bands. I had a band called Good Foot uh, after the James Brown song, Get on the Good Foot. And it, that was great. And I did that for 10 years. And But it was the clubs and the bars. And I had kids. And, you know, I was out late. And, you know, I would get home at 3 a.m., sleep for three hours, get up at 6, take the kids to school, go to work, that type of thing. So I decided after 10 years I was going to, you know, hang up my cleats and, and not perform. And my dear brother in uh, Right Tie Rock Ensemble, who runs the whole thing, Jonathan Clark, called me a couple months after that. And uh, he, he said, hey, I'm going to do a couple of one-off shows. We're going to introduce the orchestra kids. He and my wife and his wife teach the Escambia County Honors Orchestra. So he said, we want to teach the kids more than Bach and Beethoven. We want to te- teach them Beatles, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. So I said, okay, what's the first show? And he said, uh, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. And I said, okay, um, you know, I just quit playing. And he said, yeah, I know. And I said, so I'm really not interested, but I like what you're doing with the kids. So I'll do that. But I have two conditions. He said, okay. And I said, the first condition is I have nothing to do with the business side of it. I'm done. Because in Goodfoot, I was a booking agent. I was the tax man. I did everything. And so then when we started White Tie, he said, okay, I'll do that. And then I said, the second thing is we have to play Beatles Abbey Road second. And he said, okay. And so coincidentally, our next show, April 23rd, is Beatles Abbey Road in the 10,000-seat arena. So 10 years removed from that, you know, we've grown and advanced. Well, everybody in the band was in, in a praise and worship band at Gulf Breeze United Methodist Church. They still are. And so I, I love that. I always had my faith, and I was like, wow, these guys – can be in rock and roll, but still be Christians and do their jam, right? So that was great. And I started attending church there at Gulf Reese United Methodist. Well, fast forward to the, it, the middle of 2021. I'm now kumbaya and with my acoustic guitar with Jonathan and his wife, Virginia, playing cello, leading worship at Worship at the Water, which it's at oh Flounders, which is a bar restaurant that when it's shut down, we're running church. So that's a long-winded answer to say it's been – a journey, you know, and I keep doing that snake curving road thing. That's what it's been for me. Which is so, I feel like relatable in right. comparison to, I was born in a Christian household and I just knew that I was called to do this thing. And then I did this thing. And honestly, in three years of interviewing people, no one has had that story. And yet I think what we do as humans is we look on the outside, we look at the current location and position of that person, and we forget that there is history because we're comparing ourselves to where they are now versus where they were in the evolution state of their faith, of their career, of their fortune, of their prosperity, of their marriage health, of any component of health, really. And it's a sad thing, but also why we're so called to share our testimony consistently. It's not a one and done. And I'm going to put that in a closet experience. It's let me continually tell you how God showed up for me and how you were able to recognize that your calling was in the midst of the journey, that your process was in the midst of the walking it out. And right. so for those who, who are here right now live and those who will watch it later, which you can always watch the Fit and Faith podcast because it's on YouTube and lots of different clips. We'll clip this episode up and we can directly talk about different pieces of what Marcus is going to share additionally on any of the other social platforms. But I want you to see the background of what's happening in Marcus's view he has um, just a picture of, of thousands of people. And I, I've never had somebody utilize a backdrop like this. And so it's fun. There's always something new. I should have known Marcus is going to come out <laughs> hot with a new idea. Um, but talk to us about this image and how it parallels to your past, but also to your future. 
Wow. Good question. I love that because I can segue right into to now. Um, the band, we're very blessed. We've become extremely successful in the, the uh, mega metropolis of Pensacola, Florida. Now, now we do travel around the Southeast barring COVID and play, but we've really conquered Pensacola moving from a 400 seat theater to an 800 to a 1600 seat theater. And now the 10,000 seat arena. This is at the Pensacola fairgrounds. This is about 3000 people. And we, uh, our, our shows run like a Swiss watch. Uh, they're very technical. Uh, they're whatever band we're playing. Let's say I'm singing Led Zeppelin. Well, Robert Plant is behind me on a giant screen and his mouth is moving as if he's it's synced up to when I'm singing. Well, at this show here, we were having technical difficulties and it lasted about 15 minutes and they kicked me out there and said, Hey, you've been doing the speaking thing you were doing. So get up there and entertain the crowd for 15 minutes while we work this out and I'll move. So you can see me there entertaining 3000 people. So that's technically my first speaking engagement there, Tamara. Hey, that's uh, a huge <laughs> checkbox right there. And yeah. most people don't get to say that their first speaking engagement was in front of 3000 people. That is for sure. It's usually three. So right, right. kudos to, this is how I feel like God is already in position, right? Like right. he was like, let me give you something. And, and a question I asked Marcus offline and I want everyone to hear your response was, were you nervous? Like, were your, was your adrenaline going? What was your answer? No, no, I wasn't nervous at all. I was already on stage. I've been singing for an hour. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I've been blessed with not having performance anxiety. Yeah, there's a little bit of adrenaline before you go on. Um, but yeah, I wasn't nervous at that. It was fun. You know, I, I, I told a couple of dad jokes, you know, that kind of thing. It was <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, so, you know, and two, I, I'm sure you'll get to this, but I received a download in prayer to move from speaking, from singing to speaking. And so that's where this came from. Which is incredible. So talk to us about that like transition because you're still obviously in the group and the ensemble, but there's been some massive uh, moves that you've taken in the last few months even. And so talk us through that. And from that download from God, um, recognizing the history that brought you to this place, I, I'm curious, like the messaging, what is the thing that's on your heart that you want to share when you're on stage? Well, first of all, I mean, my, my message is love you know, and, and, and you know that, and I will run around telling everybody that I love them. Everybody I see, I, I at least try to tell 33 people a day that I love them. Uh, strangers, not, I mean, I, I tell everybody that I know I love them, but strangers tell 33 strangers a day. Um, so I've been singing a long time. Um, I've also not taken care of my voice, you know, uh, do it, manipulating it to sound like other people. Um, and I can tell you journey blew my voice out. Steve Perry, there's a reason why he can't sing. There's a reason why Journey's gone through three or four singers. It's very difficult. And if you're not trained properly, you'll shred your vocal cords. So I've been having trouble singing for the past, I'd say, five years, you know, ups and downs. And like any good athlete, you have to exercise your voice, you know. So if you don't sing all the time, if there's downtime between it, you kind of atrophy and you have to build it back up. Well, we were having a big show and I was in my living room and uh, it was about four in the morning. And it was in dark and I was, you know, sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor and I was praying and I was like, you know, dear Lord, we had this show coming up. Please, please heal my singing voice. And Tamara, it was just like a, it was in an instant that I heard, well, yes, your, your gift is your voice, but who said that it has to be singing? I want you to transition from singing to speaking on the stage. And I'm like, what? Like, I have no, I have no desire to, to be a professional speaker, you know, um, but that's what happened. And then being around people like you and all of our other people, all, all of our friends who do this 
uh, on the regular, I kind of caught the bug. I was like, Ooh, I want to do that. I can do that. Uh, so I've been practicing and I go live most every morning on Facebook at 5.30 a.m. Uh, and and I first thing I say on camera is, hey, guess what? I love you. I truly and honestly love you. Truly and sincerely love you. And I do that because there's so many people out there who don't get told that. And so I've transitioned from singing on stage to speaking on stage. But to answer your question, my vibe that I want to for people to pick up is that it's love. I love doing what I'm doing. I love everybody in the band. We're so tight. We're so close. We don't argue about anything real. I mean, knock on wood, we don't argue. And so I think that I know that transfers from the stage to the audience and that has gone out to where the audience loves us. And then after the show, we go down and we talk to everybody and stay there till the last person leaves. And they just say, you guys are the coolest rock stars. And once again, I look around and like, what rock star are you talking about? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's so um, good. So that, that's, that's where we are right now in, in that. I think it's incredible. I think there's a couple of things that you're saying that I think are really big takeaways for people is one, the fact that you were in a quiet place when you heard from God, mm-hmm. the fact that you were in prayer towards something that you wanted, right? We so often, we want things so eagerly, we yearn for them. And yet God has something else in plan for us. And you were quiet enough to hear that. And then the very next piece to that, which I am so passionate about is the activation is the, I hear from God and now I move towards him in this calling. And you've done that so beautifully, even in the, in the midst of, of still having struggle, even in the midst of still recognizing um, that we have limiting beliefs. We still have things of the flesh that we have to get rid of in order to be the best version of ourselves, in order for God to position us on the platform that he promised. And I, I just, I've honored you since day one of being vulnerable in all of those spaces. Um, the first time that I got to see you speak, you just stood up in the midst of Breakfast with Champions Consortium and and you were so bold and sharing, this is what I want to do. And you did it so eloquently. And then I got to hear you on all of the forms of, of, of podcasting, Clubhouse, Facebook, going live with you. And you truly are a natural. And I know and sense that love that you have so deeply and understanding that it's not just a love message of let me make you feel good, but it's really Mm. a being a conduit of the love that God has given you and showcased in your life. And that is ultimately glorifying God, which is going to just continue to multiply the people who are listening to you. Amen. Yeah. A lot of times when I do, you know, walk in the mall or the grocery store and I walk up to somebody and I say, Hey, guess what? And they say, what now? And then I ask them, has anybody told you that they loved you yet today? And 90% of the people will say no. And then I say, well, hey, guess what? I love you. And I look them in the eye and I tell them a lot of people start crying. And then many, many people, Tamara, will tell me, I don't feel like that's you telling me. I feel like that's God telling me. Wow. I have full body chills. That's it. Because that was the download. I didn't come up with this. Now, I've been saying, hey, guess what? I love you for 22 years because my oldest son is 22. And when the kids are in the car, I would always turn around and say, hey, guys, guess what? I love you. Right. So that's where that came from. But in those downloads of prayer and meditation and getting quiet so that I can receive, and I always do it from here. I don't know why, but it seems like God's downloads come. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's this, it's this thing right here. It's my like lesson. a mind thing. I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it, it was, it's a mission. And, and you, you say, you know, I took action. Well, I'm not so arrogant and I'm not so foolish to deny what God is telling me. Now, do I doubt it? Yeah. Is that my mind? Right? Is that me? Okay. 
no, it's, it's, it's so prevalent, you know, it's so prevalent that I know that it's God speaking to me. And a real quick example was somebody recently asked me for money. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. And then my dear sister, Cher De La Cruz, who was on here said, pray about it. And Cher, I go, dear Lord, yes, give him the money. And it was like, I mean, I didn't even get the prayer out. Right. And I did it. Right. And so as long as we're quiet and we're receptive and open um, and it's not easy to get there, I don't want anybody to think that this is something easy. It's easier said than done. But once it hits you and you know it and you feel it, I feel like it's easier to get to that place. Yeah, I I a thousand percent agree. It's like you start to understand his voice Mm -hmm. and people, and we've talked about this before on the show in past episodes is this understanding of like, well, how do you hear from God and everybody's methodology, no different than creating a business plan is different. And the way that God speaks to you and how he speaks to you and when and where and whatever he needs to do to speak to you, he will. I love that like you can listen to a song and you can hear God speak to you. You can open the word of God. You can open a regular book and God will speak to you. Someone will come up to you. That's a stranger like you've done to so many people and they, he will speak to you. It's a matter of our eyes being open and our spirit being open to receive it in that way. And it's, it's been amazing to me that you have been so, um, just surrendered is ultimately, I think, the mm-hmm. word to be able to do that. It's not something that is um, done easily. It, it really is a maturity aspect. And that was actually a word I had said over my year uh, a couple years ago was this word of maturity. It was my 2020 to 2021 because I do it over my birth year. Right. And um, that weekend, the weekend that I had secured that this was the word that I heard from God, that this is what he's yearning for me to do. And this was maturity in my faith, maturity in my relationships, maturity as a mother, maturity as a wife, maturity as a speaker, maturity as a business, as an entrepreneur, all these different pieces, maturity as a leader towards my team. Uh, That weekend, I heard the word maturity through the mouth of two different pastors and within the Bible context of what I was reading. And it was a study I was reading. I think I was like in chapter seven or something. I'd been in the study. I opened it and the whole chapter was about maturity. And so I was open to receiving that message because I had heard from him once and I knew and knew and knew the knowing that, you know, that, you know, that he has said something to you. And now he's just sealing it day after day by the people who you're surrounded with. Amen. You know, and that's something that you said, it really uh, struck a chord with me because I've been running uh, at the beginning of the year. You know, I'm, I'm not a runner. I don't enjoy running. I don't like it, but I, I know I need to because I'm 49 and I got a seven-year-old and two-year-old and I need to make it to 99. So I was running the other day, I guess it was the second. And I was listening to Matthew McConaughey, Green Lights, you know, as I'm running. And somehow, you know, I thought my word was discipline for the year. Maybe it is. But as I was running something in that story, all of a sudden God said, no, man, your word this year is serve. And, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And so, OK. All right. And so I'm still waiting on how I can serve other than telling people that I love them. I'm, I'm waiting for that download. Uh, so it's I like it how you said that, how it just comes out. You know, we don't choose our own word. Some people do. But, our, but my word is downloaded by God. So, 
Yeah. And, and I think that it'd be really interesting to have a conversation with the author of that book, Dan Britton. I actually got to talk to him on Breakfast with Champions a few months right. back. And uh, everyone was talking about this concept and where he gathered it from. And it's been, you know, sealed for the last 20 years. And it's a practice that tens of thousands, probably millions at this point have practiced. And I had an opportunity to share with him that I did this, that I did it over my birth year rather than the annual year. And he said, in 20 years, I've never heard anybody do it that way. Wow. And I think for me and my conversation with the Lord and just the reflection point of when you, that birthday, that change, that evolution, uh, that is so pivotal to you uniquely and not society at large, uh, God really just revealed himself to me the first time that I did it, which was about five years ago. And I'm, I'm so grateful for every word that I had. I can remember every word and I can also remember how God showed up through that word throughout the year, which was not always how I wanted him to. It was not right. always the expectation <laughs> that I had. God had different plans. He always does. Um, but let's shift this into something more. And, and this something sure. more, I think is really valuable because of that concept of love, because of you being a spreader of love um, and surrendered. You as a father, right? Like you're a dedicated husband, you're a father of five children and a performer. And I want to talk through as you lean into this next part of life, how do you steward the love for your children associated to things like music, associated to pop culture or culture as a whole, knowing that there are broken pieces to that and yet there has got to be that solid foundation? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Well, first of all, my kids know that I love them above everything, you know, and my boys are older. I have, uh, my boys are 22, 18 and 17. And, and we're in that phase, right. Where, you know, dad's probably not cool. Uh, dad can go, you know, so I, I don't have, uh, the relationship I would like to, like all of us would desire to with our older kids because they're going through the changes and the transformations. Um, but they know I love them. Uh, you know, and I, and I do think we all, I do feel we go through these things, you know, we go through our challenges and all those winding roads that we go through. And for my boys right now, I'm, I'm letting them find their way and then inputting what's going on with me in my life right now and how my life has changed. I, I was at lunch uh, with my son Asher a couple of weeks ago and I was like, look at me, bro, look at what's happening. You know, so I'm able to use the myself, my experiences, my example to teach them with my girls. They're seven and two. And they know that I adore them. You know, uh, I call Morgan my precious and I call uh, May my sweet love. And they, that's their names. Right. And, and they know that. And they see me. They see me and mom. They see my wife, Laura, on stage because my wife, Laura, plays violin and white tie rock ensemble as well. They see us on stage, but then they also see us go to church. And they also see us on stage at church and they also see us randomly walk up to people and tell them you love them, you know? And so I believe that example of you, you know, my actions being the example is the way to steward the love of God and, and show them other than the way I was brought up being forced to go to the Baptist church. And we all have those stories, you know, where you didn't want to go do it. And then, uh, you know, I had the weird thing happen where, uh, I would be playing video games as a teenager and they would, the church would show up and kidnap me and take me off to, that's what they called it. Take me off to witness to me, all that. I, oh my I would, gosh. Yeah. I don't know that I've heard a story quite like that one. <laughs> brutal, you know, not something you want to go through. So I feel like on a witness level, uh, my actions are my witness, my, you know, not my words. I mean, I love you. Yes. But my actions, how I live my life is my witness. And a quick example I'll give you is I was going into the clubs to play 
And there was the megaphone preachers outside the club screaming at us, you know, and shoving a tract in my face and saying, you know, you're, you're sinning, you're going in there. And I was like, bro, I'm a Christian. How do you know that I'm not going to witness to somebody in here and save their life? And we had this debate and it got into like a heated debate where an elderly friend of mine, and he's, he's not elderly, but he old enough to be my father who was playing in my band really got in their face and said, we're going into the mouth of the lion. We're going into the lion's den. And we are saving souls through our music. And people don't know. I mean, I'm playing original music. Uh, I have a song that I was playing. People don't know it's called Savior. People don't know that it's about Jesus. But but because I don't need to tell them. Those who get it, get it, right? God will tell those people. And so by, by being the way that God intends us to be and acting the way he intends us to be, that's my witness. And that's how I can show my kids how that God is love yeah. is through my actions rather than forcing them to read something or forcing them to go to church or forcing it, it, You know, we all know that, that, you know, round peg doesn't go in the square hole or however the saying is. So we can't force that through. We can't shove a basketball through the eye of a needle. It has yeah. to be loving just like God's love is, for me. I think it's so powerful because it's, it's different. And I don't know that you know that it's different. Um, and it seems pretty simple. Um, but it's that component that it's, you know, people say that actions speak louder than words, um, but words are also important. And I love that you parallel both of them. And also the knowing that like you are going into these dark places to be the light and the light overshadows the dark every single time. And oftentimes culture, or I should say religion in culture has blanketed the idea that we have to stay in, in church, quote unquote, whatever that looks like to you in order to have a sanctified righteous life. And yet we are called into dark places. Jesus never went and hung out at the temple other than when he was little and he was in training or he went to go throw over the tables. Right. He hung out in with the with the abandoned. He held he hung out with the the dirty and the lame and the people mm-hmm. who were called all of the nasty names that you would think to call someone right. and yet he was able to be the representation of light. And so understanding that you train them up in the way they should go and they will not depart from it and knowing that this is biblically sound, but also what did Jesus do? And so walking that out and recognizing that even as pastors, even as preachers, even as teachers and any other gifting that you may stand within, you are uniquely called into a space. And so if you feel called into that arena, we have to show up. We Amen. have to be there in entirety and not let the religious shun us from our calling. And Amen. that is an area I think that I'm really passionate about. I know that I'm passionate about, but I think more people need to hear about when it comes not only to the music and arts, which is your realm of influence, but also to economy and business, which is an area that I'm really passionate about. People think that making money, doing things that are connected to the kingdom are is bad. Right. Right. Or that it's greedy or that there's a component of shame associated to it because you're sharing the word of God. You cannot charge money for it. It's it it depends on the context. Right. And just like this, it depends on the context. I'm going into a bar. Yes, but I'm not going into a bar to get obliterated. I'm going into a bar to stand righteously and to be able to showcase that I can have fun. I can be creative. I can still rock out. And so can they. But in a healthy, holistic way. Amen. Yeah. The the funny thing about that bar too, is when you, when we went in there, there was literally a priest with his collar on at the bar. 
Come on. At the bar, you know, and, and he was, he was known all over uh, town for going into the lion's den, if you will. Um, so yeah. The, oh, the, the thing you're talking about money, it really struck a chord with me uh, on that. Um, people get the line wrong. They say money is the root of all evil. That's not the line, bro. The line is the love of money is the root of all evil. And we talk about, and I hear you guys talk about it more in, in Breakfast with Champions and the groups that we are in, that if you have empty pockets, you can't help anybody. Mm, I love that so much. So, so I mean, it, it, there's nothing wrong with having massive abundance as long as you're sharing it, you know? Yep, and I have a quote. I don't know of one happy, successful person that doesn't have God in their life. And the caveat's happy. Because you can be a mobster, you can be a, you know, whatever bad thing, pimp, whatever you want to say and have massive amounts of money. And those people probably keep it to themselves. They don't share it with anybody, you know, and a lot of musicians do that. A lot of band leaders do that. I've known a lot of famous band leaders around that I won't name that go through musicians like water because they're keeping it all to themselves. It's okay to have money as long as you're sharing it and taking care of other people who are less than you. Preach, brother. Yeah. So, so good. I think one of the biggest things that I literally, I was doing my Peloton preaching this morning. <laughs> I'm going to make that a regular thing here in the new year. Um, and I literally was utilizing this exact verse, the love of money, the greed concept, the prosperity is a promise that abundance is a promise that God wants to see you wealthy, but wealthy isn't always just money, but it is a valuable resource to how um, the, the world operates. And therefore mm-hmm. we as kingdom move and shakers need it in order to create and shift change. Now, it's not the only need, right? It's the need of love. It's the need of joy. And you spoke to that concept of happiness. And interestingly, and not so interestingly, or or is that Gary, my husband, sent me uh, a TEDx talk this morning all around happiness and how it's a self-generated concept. And I I was listening to the entire TEDx talk one, and I was looking at, from a speaker's lens, right? I'm like, I really love her inflection. I really loved her tonality. Right, right, right. I really loved her accent and the way she kept pace and how she was sharing. And and yet I was receiving the concept of what she was saying. And it had a lot of uh, depth in uh, research, very much research-based and psychological-based. And she gave an example of people listening to um, the happiness factor within them based on somebody else directing them how to be happy. And wow. yet at the root of it, it's really something something that's self-generated. And so I asked Gary afterwards when we were talking on the phone, I'm like, he was already off to work at this point. And I'm like, babe, what struck a chord with you? And I told him all the speaker things and he's like, yeah, yeah, I loved all of that. And one of the things that she said in it was that, um, not positive mindsets, but basically we're living in a culture of negativity that we Mm -hmm. have a negative mindset towards everything because it's what's displayed to us, whether it's in religion whether it's in music, whether it's in the media, all of these things are happening towards us. And it's what we now have a negative bias was the word she used in all that we do. Yet, if happiness, and I love one of our um, listeners live is saying, don't confuse happiness with joy. That's exactly where I'm going, is that happiness is fleeting and joy is the truth. It's like coming from the belly, right? It's like that laugh. It's that eternal spirit. It's the wealth factor that I think and I've utilized in my business is the knowing that this is the magnetism quality. This is what people see and they recognize that she's not just happy because I lived a pretty happy childhood. I was always smiling. People always, you know, similar to you. They're like, they can see that. 
But when it shifts from something that is fleeting, like you're teaching your children, like I can tell you love, but when they feel love, mm-hmm. when they know love, when it's that deep knowing of love, it is a magnet to everyone around them of what do you have that I don't have? And that is a truly quote unquote, what everyone wants to be successful, abundant person based on the fact that we can self-generate happiness, but joy is a gift from God. Amen. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't add anything to that because it's so good, you know. I mean, and and but you exude this. And so to parallel that to your parenting strategy that you were giving us and the way that you show up when you're when you're on stage, I, I mean it's just so magnificent. The most powerful thing you can do to unlock your greatness and step into your next level of abundance is to get in the room with others who have been where you want to be and perhaps are going where you want to go. But oftentimes we can put ourselves in the wrong room based on exterior vantage points, what they wear, where they go, what they do. When we know in our heart of hearts that we should be following people, standing along people who are aligned in true wealth. Stop feeling alone in the journey of growth as a business leader and an entrepreneur who loves God. Stop struggling to find the right answer when it's already been written. Stop giving up on the desires of your heart when God placed them there with intention. Stop standing in this lack mentality when your prosperity is critical for all of us in the kingdom. Come, find a seat at the table at the most impactful faith-driven business conference you will ever experience. Alongside ministry-driven marketplace leaders, you will evolve, unlock, and activate your next level. That just sounded like a video game. This is not the meta, okay? This is your IRL, your in real life chance to be in the room with some of the greatest kingdom entrepreneurs of our time. Founders, innovators, trailblazers who are God-centered are coming together to grow their business for God's sake. And that's an inside out job. You will leave this three-day intensive with action plans, new income strategies, fresh mentalities towards business and life integration, and a sense of freedom that will have others magnetized to what you are selling by the way you freshly and uniquely serve. It's happening on November 4th through the 6th, 2022 in Nashville, Tennessee, with a highlight VIP event on November 3rd. There are seats at the table for you, but they will go fast. It's a limited reservation. So get your tickets now at growforgod.com. Again, that's growforgod.com. I cannot wait to hug your neck. I cannot wait to see you there in person. I cannot wait for this energetic room to just light up the world because that's what we're going to do when we leave this conference. But you got to be in the room. IRL, let's go. And so talk to me through, because I know that you're also shifting into this realm of coaching and there are so many people, the Fit and Faith podcast is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers, and so much of our community are coaches. And so talk to us through how have you utilized your lifetime testimony and shown up and kind of now formulated this ability to coach and teach and, and share? Yeah, it, it's it's very similar to to my answer with the kids. It It's telling people about my experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? Um, Here's the stuff that I've done that I feel like you can do that will help your life. Here's the stuff that I did that I'm telling you make every effort to not do, you know, Um, it's, it's from my experiences. Um, And and the coaching thing wasn't something that I desired either. You know, that was the, that was another download. 
and I didn't know how I was going to do it. I have a podcast, the same thing. That was from the download. But on the, the coaching space, you know, I have the Hey, Guess What? I Love You group in Facebook, right? And there, there's a lot of people that, that reach out that are single females, and they want to talk to me. You know, and and I don't know what the motives are, but we were, I was speaking with our dear brother, Glenn Lundy, and I was like, you know, I, I had this thing to coach. And he said, what's your avatar? And I said, right now it's females my age. He said, no, 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 no don't do that. Right. Don't do a one on one in that. Make sure you do a group coaching. Um, and so I kind of put that on the back burner, Tamara, and and I let it go. But then all of a sudden, our mutual friend, Cher De La Cruz, reaches out. And we had talked, we, you know, we, we had known each other through Clubhouse and uh, Instagram and things like that, but we met in person at, at Grow Your Business for God's sake, right? And, and the three of us, Cher, Laura, my wife, Laura, and I, we hit it off, you know, very similar. Uh, both Cher and my wife, Laura, are Filipino descent, you know, they're beautiful Filipinas. And we talked about these things. Um, and she said, oh, well, you know, I have the same issue with men, you know, asking me to, to coach one-on-one. And it was very interesting. It was very similar. And then all of a sudden, the, a couple of weeks before the new year, she texted me and she said, how would you feel about partnering with me and do a two-on-one male and female holistic approach to coaching? And I was like, that's it. Thank you, God. It's right? so brilliant. It's yeah. so brilliant. It's so uh, representative of the heart of the father. It's representative of the covenant love of marriage, right? Like protecting mm. that peace for you and your wife, yep. protecting that for share as she is navigating that new realm of relationship. Um, right. I, I love, and this is something that's really powerful for people to understand. Uh, and something I've been really researching more is understanding the character of God and understanding the power of women and the power of men, the power of femininity and the power of masculinity. And that if you as a woman have boundaries, which I do, especially with the history that my husband and I have gone through, I have very safe boundaries in that regard. But if I was not allowed to have mentors or coaches or um, clients or even, um, you know, somebody who's on the same playing field as me, if I wasn't allowed to have masculine energy in that regard, Mm -hmm. I would be blocking off an entire voice of God that I think I need. Um, and, and it's been so empowering to me to have a male coach and all of these things, but it it was definitely something that that word maturity, maturity took me in order to do, but you guys are literally setting it up so that the person who comes to you is getting this whole well-rounded experience of, of life, of, of life to the full. And that is the representation of God. It's so good. And chairs on here. She's of course here like, praise God, such an (laughs) honor. Like it's so good. So have you guys actually started that program yet? I know it was kind of in launch phase. Have you already acquired some clients? Uh, we have not acquired any clients. We've have had um, a, a bunch of meetings. Um, we, you know, we did it quickly. You know, when she mentioned it uh, in the middle of December, she said, "When do you want to go live?" I was like, "Let's go. Let's launch it December thirteenth. Let's go live December twenty first. So we worked our tails off, um, and to the point of exhaustion. You know, she worked on the website. I got that set up. It's there. Everything's going. Um, and then after that, we had a couple of meetings, and I. Then the, the holidays came, you know, we started getting involved in that, but I do feel like we needed a, a rest, um, but we're going full force into it. We've, I've gone into a bunch of marketing aspects. So the answer, you know, we don't have any clients yet, but it just started. I mean, it, it's brand new. Uh, and the thing that I love about it is that, you know, I can be tough. I, I have a high pain tolerance, you know, I, I can do all those things, but I also have that feminine energy to where, you know, I, I cry when I'm talking about my wife. 
and I'll do it now because I love her so much. Right. And I can barely mention it without, you know, doing it to my daughters, you know? So I have that, uh, touchy feely aspect to me, that love side, that feminine aspect to it and share being a female obviously brings that. But if you look at her when she works out, She's tough, man. She's got that thing. Like, I can't do that stuff. I will be able to. Right <laughs> yes, now, you will. <laughs> you know, right now, I'm unable to do that. I don't like, I'm trying not to use the word try and can't and no. I'm, I'm working on my vernacular. Good. This is very important. Pick it up yeah. if you're listening. He's trying not. No, he is not saying trying, can't, won't, shouldn't, right. never, right? Like, right. don't say those things. Yeah, you well, are it, a runner. Right, exactly. And, and and I am, and we call it alignment coach. There's so many life coaches out there, but but we call it alignment coach because we're aligned. You know, our masculine and feminine individually have aligned together. And I truly believe that we're going to help thousands, if not millions of people with this coaching uh, venture that we've started because of our experiences, the things that we've gone through, but also because everybody, and I like to use the word holistic, it, it's just a holistic approach. They get every, like you say, every piece of the pie, all of it, all at once. And so uh, we, if I may, we call it MC coaching. Um, and, and that's for, and we told you about this, but initially, you know, uh, she came up with it, MC coaching, Marcus and Cher. And then we said, wow, the MC, it's, it's a mission of Christ, you know, and God is love and our mission is love. And our mission is to help people. And that's part of the serving thing that I'm being called to do. And all this stuff is now happening to me, Tamara, because you mentioned the surrender. And and we could go on and on and on. The things that are happening to me are blowing my mind because people will use the word coincidence. Isn't that coincidence? It's not. This is God's plan that I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know the how. But you and Gary and Anthony Hart and all of our brothers and sisters taught me Bro, it's not about the how. It's about giving up and letting God take over. You know, and Carrie Underwood has that song, Jesus Take the Wheel, you know? Uh, which, yeah. Which, which, by the way, I sat in the green room with her for hours. Oh, myself. come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I won't get into it, but I was uh, I won an American Idol singing contest at, at Disney. Um, and, and I would have been able to go on the real show, but I was too old at the time. But I sat in a green room with just Carrie and I but, because uh, that I, is really cool. Are we talking really about her song. Uh, that's so cool. I love that's her. the thing. It, it's yeah. it's surrender, you know, and I know I'm going off track and I it can is. do that. No, no, you're completely not. And, and as you're talking, it's actually bringing us back full circle to the prioritization of love which is exactly how we started this. And and it's how I started my morning and just letting people know that it's not about the money. It's about the prioritization of God and the money flows from that space, right? right? If prioritization and God is love and love is the, the end all be all, every other piece to the puzzle, which is the how that we're so fixated mm-hmm. on, it comes organically. It comes because it's already a part of the plan. He's already positioned you for that. But now with this new alignment, with this fresh wholeness from this new factor with share, I just feel like the floodgates in regards to the representation of the two, the entire character of God being represented in how your guys is coaching is going to just be massive. And you have this prophetic picture behind you of these thousands of people, not probably recognizing that it's parallel, not just to the speaking, but to the influence and the impact. And to know that if there was just one person sitting in the chair behind you, that you're actually accessing thousands and millions and nations. And that's the most important thing is to recognize that 
even little moments like this, where maybe one person listens to this, which we know is already more than that, because we've had so many on the live, but it's this knowing even that has power, even that has purpose. And so to show up for the one with the same energy that you showed up for the thousands and the millions in the nations, um, prioritizing love first. I mean, really, Marcus, your your testimony is one that we all need to follow suit to. Um, and ultimately, that's following suit to the God that's within you. Amen. Well, and, and may I talk about I skipped a little bit of piece. May I talk about how I got here? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, okay so, you, you know, COVID is the great reset. You know, we had, and by the way, I apologize. I don't have my, I messed up by not having my fit and faith. How could you not? I have so many pictures of you. I had everything else going and I didn't use that. You know what? Laura has both of them in her car. Okay. Um, Okay. Well, we'll forgive you. But, you know, as horrible and, and as, you know, terrifying and awful as COVID has been through people getting sick and losing loved ones and all that, those of us who were blessed enough to come through it without, you know, passing. Um, it's a great reset. The, the people started figuring out, wow, things aren't really the way we thought they were. You know, that's not reality. And I've been, uh, I've always been in the music business. You know, I, I used to build Gibson guitars in Nashville. I used to intern at Warner Brothers uh, recording studio in Nashville. And that just means I make an excellent cup of coffee and, and clean toilets really well. Um, <laughs> I love the truth. <laughs> yeah, I did that uh, for, I saw a bunch of Grammy award winning records get recorded. And then I started performing. And so uh, I ran other music stores, brick and mortar music stores. Well, I had been uh, with a uh, uh, pro audio video and lighting integrator for nearly 15 years. And I was always the freak in the room. I say that a lot. I was always the freak in the room. When I got hired, I had really long hair. I had a big brown beard. Uh, you know, I have tattoos. Uh, you know, I where... have to see this picture. Can you please show me one of those at some point? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I have tons of them. Yeah, <laughs> this. So I don't. You know, when I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, this You're is not so stylish. Like I, I, like I, <laughs> I need like the this. beard and the long hair. Let's see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, I I was the freak in the room and. But I, but I was successful. I was always the top salesman. I ended up being national sales manager and running a, a successful uh, team for a long time. But I never felt valued. I never felt appreciated. And that's no dig on anybody. It's just my feelings. And so I'd been praying for a long time, like a long time, years, may, maybe even 10 years. Dear Lord, please get me out of this. Like, show me the way, right? And we all, when we pray, we want uh, just add water, right? We want instant grits, instant so pudding, good. whatever it yes, is. It's so true. And, and so, and maybe I wasn't listening. Maybe I wasn't in that place to hear what God wanted me to do, but it took all these years. And all of a sudden, I was in a role that I loved, which was business development. It was like one on one, and I'm, I'm a people guy. You know, it's cliche, but I'm a people person. Um, and all of a sudden, I got moved with, with no. Um, no reasoning. Nobody could tell me why they, they don't, I don't know why we did this, Marcus. I got moved into a project manager role, which is a construction role. I've never been in the construction business in my life. And all of a sudden I was a bajillion percent miserable. And I know now that that was God giving me a boot in the pants. You've been holding on to this for so long, Marcus, you've been comfortable for so long. Now I'm making you so uncomfortable that it got to the point, share. I mean, uh, I said share. Uh, Tamara, sorry about that. I got to the point where it was just I, I needed to go, but I didn't know how. 
and I didn't know why. And so all of a sudden we're at grow for grow your business for God's sake. And our brother Jonathan says something to me, prophesizes, prophesizes to me. And I'm like, wow, that's great. And all of a sudden Cher and I are on a zoom and somebody else prophesies to me. And that, that was the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. And that Wednesday, that whole week I'd taken vacation time. And, but everybody was calling me from work. There was problems, there was all these issues. And I got into an argument with my boss that Wednesday and I was like, I'm so miserable. And then I got that prophesizing that Wednesday night. And when I got that, I was like, okay, I hear you, God, I hear you. And, but I don't have a parachute. I, I don't have savings. I, I, I don't have insurance. And, and he, it was like, he was screaming at me. You don't need that son. You don't need that stuff. I got you. So I jumped out of the airplane at 30,000 feet without a parachute and the Monday coming back from Thanksgiving uh, and it couldn't have gone more appropriately. It couldn't have been more perfect. I went in my office and I, it took me an hour to pack up my office and nobody came in. Nobody said, what are you doing? Nobody said anything about it. And so I went to look around for all the executives that I needed to tell to quit and they were nowhere to be found, but their cars were in the parking lot. They were there, but I couldn't find them. I walked the whole building. And so I finally, I was like, I'm not going to stick around and look for somebody to it. And I left and I called my, my direct supervisor and he said, I'm in a meeting. I'll have to call you later. And they, they didn't get in touch with me until 2 PM. And I'm trying not to cough. And if I do, I'll mute myself out. Uh, and then, so when, when he called, I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming up on my 15th season here and you know how much I like baseball and I'm an athlete and all those things. And it comes to the point where at a time where every athlete knows that his body is worn out and that he's tired and it's time for him to hang up his cleats and I'm hanging up my cleats today. And he said, what you're quitting. And I said, I'm not quitting anything. I'm hanging up my cleats. I'm moving on to what God has, has called me to do. And that's to, to love others. And I didn't know what that meant, Tamara. And now all of a sudden wow. we have them coaching. So I wanted to give uh, that backstory and I know we don't I'm have a lot of time. So and I'm glad that you did though. I mean, that literally just ties all of this up is, is goes back to what I said um, with what you were talking about at the beginning. It really is parallel to action. Yeah. You're in a quiet place. You heard from God, you heard clearly, and then you acted thereafter without knowing the how, without necessarily saying that, all of the puzzle pieces are aligned. You knew the call, you knew the mission was to love others. Right. And then to now see puzzle pieces coming together. And I think there'll be more puzzle pieces that are going to be gifted to you. Um, we're going to have a new vision, right? And something right. new that's going to evolve from it. But what a powerful story. I feel like it's a very for now story. I think there are a lot of people because of COVID and even because of other things that are going on in culture, um, whether it's politically or media driven, that people, instead of it being this concept of the great resignation, which has been really around the world. It's really this great reset. What if it was not about the quitting, but more about the reset? It's like pressing that that reset button to say, I'm going to start anew, but I'm going to utilize everything that I've had up until this point to serve what's to come. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that there's so much power to that. And as you were talking about uh, a couple of the things that you said you didn't have, you weren't equipped with and you talked about insurance. I want to encourage people as entrepreneurs, we did not have health insurance for a while. And we go through ebbs and flows where we have it and we don't have it. Right. We talk about spending you know, $24,000 as a family annually to have insurance when we're like, eh, we're good. We prioritize our health in so many other ways that our insurance is 
just kind of void in that regard. We have very nominal Christian-based healthcare so that we pour into a pot. And if something drastic was to happen, the Christian community would come to the front to take care well, of those bills. That. That's really cool. I'll tell you about it. But the yeah. point of me sharing this was as you were saying that I don't have insurance. What if, what if we were brave enough and bold enough to say that God is our insurance? Ooh, the insurance plan is him. And, and that is, that was what came to me. And I was like, oh, come on, Jesus. I never thought of it like that. And so you just I, came up with it. I did just now. Dude, you got to write that down. That's <laughs> God is our insurance. That's, that's so powerful. Oh, especially as entrepreneurs, right? We need that right. message. <laughs> right, so right. good. Oh man, Marcus, I can keep talking to you all day. I actually am jumping onto a coaching client call, access, which I'm so excited about. I'm going to encourage her with these same words that God is our insurance plan, that love above all should be the priority and all of the other pieces to the puzzle. God already has planned. It's just a matter of us recognizing and positioning them. And Marcus, you are in position, my friend. And I'm Amen. so excited to see what God has uh, coming up for you. All the people who are alive are like, wow, God is our insurance. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. And I would like to say real quick that it's surrendering. Yes. surrendering. That, that's what I did. You know, it, it's, it, I, I call it jumping out of the airplane at 30,000 feet without a parachute is surrendering yeah. to God. Don't worry about the how, just yeah. do it. Because it when you do be it, I, I could go through a whole list and I know we're wrap, wrapping up of things that have happened to me this week. You know, I'm going on TV today after you that I just found out about two, two days ago. There's these biggest things that are happening to me that are falling in my lap. They're falling in my lap because I surrendered. It's so good. And your eyes are open to it. Because if you were at work right now at 1053, you wouldn't have the eyes to even be able to see and the opportunities wouldn't even be there because you wouldn't be available. Surrendering is becoming available. Become available to what God has for you and see what happens. It will multiply the desires of your heart in so many beautiful ways. And I, and I would like to say the caveat that, that we're not giving financial yeah. advice or we're not telling you to quit your job without savings or anything. Just because I did it, I'm yeah. not telling you to do it. I'm just thank telling you. you my story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Agreed. And and I'm excited for your story to continue to evolve and for me to be a part of it. So yeah, selfishly, I'm excited about that connection. <laughs> I'm going to be part of whatever you got going on, sister. So good. So good. You guys, we love you. Actually, hey, guess what? <laughs> we love you. We love you. All right, y'all okay. have a blessed day. Thanks for being here live with us and tune in to the actual show. Leave us a review and we'd love to hear Tag Marcus and myself and all of his links are obviously available below. So this is how you get fit in faith, y'all. You're in community with people who are this amazing. Love you. Bye. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes 
for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.